I'm Carol Coletta, and this is Night Cities. Scott Stowell runs Open, a design studio in New York. He is in the last couple of weeks of a Kickstarter campaign for a new book, Design for People. The book tells the stories behind the stories of the firm's biggest projects. Scott, you have a new campaign on Kickstarter for a book, Design for People, and it tells the story of the biggest projects you've done with your clients. And your clients include companies like Etsy, Google, and Patagonia. How do you approach design projects with such big name companies? For us, I think the big projects are really the same as the small projects in some ways. I mean, when we are working on a project, whatever it is, the first thing we do is kind of get to know the people involved and see what they are interested in, see what they're concerned about, what their needs are, and so on, and try to figure out a way to develop a process to get to something that works for them. And it really, from our standpoint, obviously, if it's a client that people know about, that maybe has a little extra pressure or things to think about. But we really do the same thing for the people you've never heard of that we do for the people that you have. What's the first question you ask a prospective client to determine whether a project makes sense for you and for the client? I guess when we get to that point, we're already working on the project together. So in some regard, we've already figured out who we are and who they are and are we on the same page. Of course, there are times when we haven't and then things go bad. But I think that we really want to find out what their goals are for their project in a sort of larger sense. We don't tend to do those sort of ideation sessions with lots of post-it notes and things like that. We tend to do it through conversations. And a lot of clients end up thinking thinking of them as kind of therapy sessions in the end. Um, That's not the intent, but we get to know what they're about and what their goals are for the project. But the one question I always ask clients up at the beginning is something like, do you hate green or something like that? Because on the one hand, you want to know what their big ideas are. And on the other hand, you want to know sort of what their taste is or what their prejudices are. Because if you've developed all this work uh, based on some sort of concept or process, and then you get to the end, they say, I just don't like it, then things don't work out. It's also a good way to kind of develop a relationship with them from the beginning. Why did you write the book? I will say that the book is, A, not finished, B, not entirely written by me. And I think the idea of it was that, um, you know, I buy a lot of design books. I also don't read a lot of design books. Eventually I get around to it. But most of these books are about sort of showing pretty pictures or saying, look at all the great stuff we've done. How great are we? And The thing is, when I listen to a designer or anybody really talk about what they do, I mean, it's nice to hear, you know, you've done a great job and you've had all this success or whatever it is. But the more interesting part for me is to hear basically war stories, like kind of, you know, what happened when somebody asked you something unreasonable or when you didn't want to listen to make a change and then they asked you to and then the thing ended up getting better or when you had a crazy deadline and you were up all night and the fun that you had doing it and where things went wrong along the way. And I think that after having the studio for 15 years now and working with all kinds of people, I realized we had plenty of those stories, and those stories are really interesting to me. Some of them I've never heard before. I think they're interesting to regular people, to other designers, to students, and anybody who really wants to get into the details of how things work. 
the way we're doing it is that actually lots of people are being interviewed for the project, myself among them, by a couple of design writers that have helped out with it. And they're interviewing our clients, people who worked with me, people who still work with me, interns, freelancers, and even sort of regular people that read things we design or look at them or use them. And the idea is that I'm not really writing the stories. I mean, I'm one participant in this story, and then these narratives are being put together the way like a documentary film would be. So actually, I contribute my voice to it. Others contribute theirs, and we're actually going to reveal what actually happened with these projects. But you designed the book. Well, of course. (laughs) Um, What's interesting about this project for me is that It is a way of working that I like to do with all our projects, which is I'm really interested in setting up a system of how things work and then seeing how they play out within that system. So, of course, graphic designers do that all the time by figuring out standards for identity systems and so on, and then other people have to use them. Architects do it. City planners do it by planning the way the system works. And then, of course, the way it actually plays out is often a surprise. So with the content of the book, we're doing that with the interviews. And then with the design of the book, of course, uh, we're designing it the way we do any other project. So we're creating it in a very, you know, fun, readable, attractive way and filling it with tons of images of the things we've made. And of course, all those interviews too. Why did you put it on Kickstarter? That's an interesting question. I ask myself that daily. (laughs) I think that we wanted to try to do things in a new way. And I think that our work tries to involve all kinds of people, like I've said, clients and users in a very special way. And we thought, you know what, let's let people be a part of this project as well, both in terms of investing in it and in terms of being involved in a dialogue about it. So beyond just taking orders for the book, which we've done so far, and uh, supporting the book in that way, what we're also doing is asking those people if they have a relationship with these projects that we've done for some of these companies and these television or publishing worlds, and we'll interview them as well. So actually, we're kind of opening up the whole process as much as possible to get as many voices in there. And I think Kickstarter is really interesting because it's just another example of sort of the old way of doing things, breaking down. You know, we used to have to sort of go to uh, some big institution and say, please, would you support us? And now we can just go to regular people and say, we want to make this thing for you. What do you think? And for us, it just seems sort of that it made sense because our work is always about the end user and about how real people would think about it. And so doing the book this way definitely made things harder on us. I think it's more complicated, but it's more interesting and it's more fun. Have you learned what it takes to be successful on Kickstarter? I mean, if you've got pointers, share them. You might want to ask me that question again in 20 days, but so far so good. We're halfway through in more ways than one. We're halfway through the time and we're halfway through the money. And I think that what's interesting is that at every turn, I've learned that the way you assume things might work is not always the way it works. And actually that applies to the Kickstarter, that applies to the book, and that applies to basically everything I've ever done, which is that we thought, well, you know, we know a bunch of people and they have a bunch of followers on Twitter and we'll just get them to spread the word. And suddenly in a couple of days, everybody on earth will buy this thing. And the thing is that a more direct relationship with people is more helpful. And again, I apply that to the Kickstarter, to the book, and to everything I've done. 
if you just broadcast a message indiscriminately to tons of people, they will care about as much as you did. It's like receiving an email that says to whom it may concern. But if you talk to people you know, send them a message directly, and ask them to do the same, you get more results. And I think that it's interesting. That seems like something I should have known already going into this based on the rest of our work. But that direct contact, that kind of uh, shaking hands and kissing babies, as it were, um, that retail politics kind of helps more than you would think. And if you go on a place like Kickstarter or any of these other kind of crowdfunding sites, you'll see tons of projects that are just empty where no one made a connection with people and then, of course, they failed. So I think that the key is trying to make as many direct connections with people and then asking them to do the same. And I think that's the same for this as it is for just about any other project. If you were asked to teach someone, Scott, how to be a good client for a great designer, what advice would you give? I think the best clients are the clients that are really curious, really interested, really care about what they're doing, actually get really involved in the process but that understand the difference between their job and our job. I think more and more these days, partially because of maybe the technology, maybe the access people have with each other and maybe the speed of things, I think a lot of clients ask designers to sort of give them a million options and then they'll just pick. You know, show me 20 things and I'll know it when I see it. And the thing is, designers, you know, part of their job is to pick the thing that works. And, of course, part of our job is also to keep an open mind and let the client let us know when we don't know. But I think that if clients can be as engaged as possible, give us as much information as possible, but understand that there's a difference between doing the thing and evaluating the thing, that's really helpful. I mean, I have a lot of respect for our clients that we've had relationships with for many years. And I think that that kind of respect that comes from understanding that the other person has a job to do and that they're good at it, whether it's our job or their job, leads to a better, longer relationship. And I think the longer relationship you have with a client, the better work that you can do. When I first started, I think like anyone when they start out, they think, oh, you know, these clients are just going to ruin our beautiful artwork that we're making for them. And of course, you grow up a little bit and you realize that, no, this work is done for them and they're part of the process. And now I'm at the point where I enjoy it when clients come in with something that others might consider unreasonable, as long as they're open-minded enough to sort of discuss it and come to a solution that works. So where does someone get a copy of Design for People? You can go to designforpeople.com, which for the moment redirects to our Kickstarter campaign where you can order a copy or multiple copies if you're so inclined. And then later on, that website will transition to be a site about the book and about the issues that the book raises. Of course, in the future, next year, the book will be available elsewhere. We encourage everybody to pre-order it now because it does help give the project more visibility and helps more people learn about it. But our goal is to make this available to as many people as possible. One thing I've said about it several times is that it's not a collector's item. A lot of times, again, when you think about other design books, they're sort of these beautiful, overproduced objects, which, don't get me wrong, I have bought many of. But they're full of beautiful pictures. You feel like you have to put white gloves on to look at them. They were produced in a very limited number for a very high price to create some value. 
that is in some ways artificial. And we're doing something which I think is a little bit different where we're trying to put content in there that's valuable, stuff that's interesting, things that are good to look at, but that is available to as many people as possible. And we're not trying to sort of just, I guess, preach to the converted, to use the cliche. Scott, it's always great to talk with you. Thanks for being our guest on Night Cities. Thank you, Carol. Scott Stowell runs Open, a design studio in New York. You can follow us on Twitter at hashtag Night Cities and at C. Coletta. Find out on Wednesdays when new conversations are posted by signing up for our newsletter at nightfoundation.org forward slash features forward slash Night Cities. You've been listening to Night Cities. I'm Carol Coletta.